Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host as always, Garrett Williams, and joining me today uh, for the start of this one, we got my boy Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm glad you're asking me that after the second half of that football game and not after the first half because those are very different feelings and emotions. I'm uh, doing all right. It's been a little bit of a hectic week in the real world, so doing okay though. Yeah, luckily that first half did not continue into the second half. And we're talking about the Washington football team game. Uh, the Chiefs obviously taking their dub after falling hard to the Bills last week. Um, and like we, you know, like we kind of described, the first half, uh, it, it looked even worse than the same old Chiefs that we've kind of seen uh, this whole season. It was looking really bad. The final first half score was 13-10, to 10, I think, with Washington leading. Um, two turnovers or three turnovers might have been even in the first half. Uh, yeah, the first half, it was just uh, overall super sloppy. But then we came out at halftime and uh, not immediately got uh, got our, our legs under our feet underneath our feet, our legs underneath our feet, something like that. There's some kind of expression that should work like that. But um, we eventually did find some footing and uh, and got the ball rolling. Better footing than Josh Allen found on that quarterback sneak. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the first half was actually kind of a microcosm of this year. Their blown coverage on one spot by the defense, massive turnover problem, ball hit a receiver in the hands and ended up in somebody else's hands and in the red zone again. Yeah. Um. It, then I, for the second time in three weeks, watched Patrick Mahomes make the worst decision probably I think I've ever seen him make on a football field. Um. Yeah. That it, it was the first half was, oof. um, I I guess this is another one that falls into the weird category though, which is no surprise with this team. If you follow this team or listen to anybody talk about this team, it's seems like it's all we know how to do. Yeah. Um, the turnovers are almost contagious i guess would be what i'm looking for at this point yeah like they really are like it's just it's so weird how like it's really they're just like so random at this point like you really you've never seen like last year we did not have turnovers like this i mean we had a few obviously but just it's just crazy like the egregiousness of it it's like and there's also it's also the luck like it's it's yeah ball luck too because it's super lucky for example this stat's been floating around on Twitter. Chiefs have fumbled seven times and only, and only gotten two of them back. Mm-hmm. Chiefs opponents have fumbled seven times and got all but two of them back. Like that, it it'll balance itself out. Yeah, hopefully in the end. Um, it the the interceptions, guys. Guys got to just catch the ball, man. Several of these are doink off a hand into the other team's hands. And it almost happened twice in the first half. It only happened once, luckily. 
Yeah, there um, was there was a, a Fuller almost had two. Exactly, there was a dropped one essentially. Um, but yeah, that was back to back weeks for Tyreek is not a great look on that. He's I don't and know what fumble in the Charger game too. Yeah, I don't know what Tyreek's on. He, I mean, to be fair, Tyreek had a great rest of the game and he was you know I love Tyreek obviously. Lights it's out. Just, yeah, lights out as always. And you know when you have a player like that, you take those things. But it's just. Yeah, it's just a tough week back to back. I hope like that, that Instagram story was him talking about the next chapter in his gloves and whoever the hell is making them. Yeah, for real. There really needs to be. They some either need to put more sticky stuff on them or something. Yeah, well, people are saying like the because his gloves are have like they have a peace sign yeah, on that them. Insert. I wonder like, if that insert is. Slick. Yeah, I want. Yeah, exactly. Is that some kind of like vinyl covering that's a little slicker or something? I'm not sure because something's up. Yeah, just get some normal gloves, my guy, and uh, and we'll figure that. And also maybe some some normal cleats, but or something because the the field. Uh, no, some... no, 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 no. Let's talk about that. So, the, I don't know how the NFL still allows that football yeah. field to be used in in competition after the I don't know entire history of it completely killing teams. So bad. Um, ACLs, MCLs, Achilles tendons. Um, which we'll talk about here, I'm sure. Um, the the description that I've heard about that field is it's like playing on ball bearings. That's not acceptable for NFL competition. No, it's not. Yeah, it just and we saw we saw guys sliding out there. Obviously, Tyreek fell on a couple like routes. Somebody was they looked like it was an ice rink, and it's a freaking football field. Yeah, and then. Obviously, just to, to bring it up now, but Jody Fortson going down with a non-contact injury, he literally just planted, like he just went out for a route to he took plant. Off. He literally yeah. took off, and because it what looked like he didn't have any traction when he went to push off with that foot, wonder why, Yeah. Um, it popped. And as soon as I saw the replay of him coming off the line and him, no one near him, and why he was down, I knew it was his Achilles. I know. I saw him. I saw. I saw him on the play too, on the ground, and I was like, I just don't see anyone near him to have like pushed him or caused that. So I was like, man, that's not good. So uh, unfortunately, yeah, season-ending so Achilles injury for Joe Jody Fortson. Brutal for that dude. Yeah, too, because he is. He's awesome. He's a major fan favorite for the past couple years in training camp. Finally makes his way onto the roster as a tight end this year. Um, and is literally, that, man. yeah, he like he, legit is a, a threat. Like he was yeah, making, like he's he not lost the hell out of Landon Collins. And yeah, team. like he has gotten, he's already had like two or three touchdowns on the season. Like he's a red zone target for us. Like, like he was having a good year as like a legitimate like utility guy for us. And yeah, it really does suck. He was that. taking snaps from the rookie. He's blocking. He was. Yeah, I yeah. mean. Yeah, he was I'm, like he had done he he had kind of completely transitioned to the tight end role. He wasn't just a oh, wide receiver. Full overhaul. Yeah, he came in heavy. We talked about this, but he came in heavier. He came in at what they wanted him to. He worked on his blocking. He worked on his catching out of the out of the sets. He he just did everything you would at, at get get asked to do by a coach. He did it, and he earned his roster spot. And then for something stupid, fluky nonsense on a absolute trash can of a field. Yeah, and organization. Um, it's just so frustrating and annoying and the NFL really does need to look into that field. And it's not just because Jody got hurt. Like this has been a running theme in Washington for years. Yeah, How is it that, that just every part of Washington, that organization seems to be, um, well, when tough. it starts at the top as a giant pile of poo yeah. and it's not exactly going to get better as it goes down the hill. Yeah, shit runs down the hill. I think that's what the expression yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, 
if we're gonna call spades spades, Dan Snyder is absolutely horrendous yeah. as everything. Like I, there, I don't even know that you can say a nice thing about the man anymore. Um, it's pathetic at this point. Yeah, and I'm... frustrating to watch from an outside perspective. Yeah, especially to... with what they did, which I'm not even gonna get too deep into, but what That's they what did with Sean Taylor this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to that touch on that like whole a, thing with Jackson. Like a fifth grader threw that together in ten minutes. Yeah. No, the and Sean Taylor Memorial was the whole dedication. What memorial? Yeah, it was just it was terrible. No halftime speeches or anything. They the owner showed up to his jersey celebration, releasing to the family in a hoodie and some wrinkled ass khakis, looking like he just walked out of a freaking bender for three days. The the street dedication i don't even know that they actually did anything for it other than stick the street up and oh by the way what was the background of it the porta potties um they stuck the vip section of all the family and friends on top of his number they did that let's get that real clear for the rest of everybody who seems to be confused about this you want to blame somebody for the incident which is i can't even believe i had to use that as a sentence as a word incident the overblown BS that I've been looking at on my timeline for the last three days. You want to blame someone? Blame Dan Snyder. That's who you blame. Because that's why they did this. Look over here. Look over here. Ooh, let me delete 650,000 emails and make sure nothing happened. Yeah, they were they all fine, by the way. Yeah. They did this on purpose. And if they didn't do it on purpose, that's even freaking worse. Yeah, all the emails, by the way, besides John Gruden's, were completely fine. So just don't worry yeah, about that. Bruce Allen, upstanding citizen. <laughs> just don't worry about that. John Gruden, bad guy. But all the other ones were completely fine. Trust us, the NFL. <laughs> to uh, to, to transition to some on-the-field stuff, which is a lot happier topic and a lot more relevant to the football world. Um, yeah, let's kind of just break it down. Um, that first half, uh, obviously we kind of talked about it a little bit, the turnovers, everything like that, even just – the lack of execution from the offense, like the offense just wasn't they the ball. At will. Yeah. No, definitely. They, they moved the ball at will. And, and then they did what they did when they moved the ball at will against the chargers and what they did when they moved the ball at will against Buffalo and what they did when they moved the ball at will against, well, all freaking season, move the ball at will get down in the, in the, in the money zone and cough up a hairball. Yeah. And joining us now to talk about uh, the, the game, our, our guy, Arrowhead, Tom, Tom, how are you doing? Late as usual. No, it's <laughs> not. It's like lately I've been not uh, as usual. running behind. So that's you again. That's usually my game. Yeah, you guys have yeah. kind of taken the relay race. You know, hand the baton back and forth to each other. Yeah, copyright. <laughs> yeah, stealing your gimmick. Well, so somebody's got to do it. Yeah, but right. Tom, how do you think about that first half? What do you think about the first half, rather? Of Washington. Yeah, I was a little nervous. I mean. And I get it, you know, there's that part of you who's like, you know, you don't want to doubt this team and you don't want to doubt Patrick Mahomes and, and all that. Like, we should know better by now. Um, but I think it's fair to say that, you know, maybe they've, maybe some ancient deity or something has, you know, been has taken offense to how good Patrick Mahomes has been. It just seems like there's been all these miscues and little things. And, and some of it's that, you know, we've talked before about his desire to be a you know a playmaker and the hero ball and and you live by that and sometimes you die by that again not something you want to coach out of Patrick you know there's you know probably nine times out of ten I think of the one play I think it was actually the second half where he um, or maybe at the end of the half where he it was right at the end of the half where he fumbled the the snap picked it up and threw it and like we're calling that a throw 
<laughs> and he picked it up and delivered Lost it, to it the again defense. out of his hand, trying to throw yeah. it. Literally, it. I don't know that you'll see him a fumble a snap like that, like ever yeah. again. Also, I don't think you're ever going to see a ball just slide out of his hand in mid throwing motion like it did there. Like he was getting hit and all that and whatnot, but I don't think I've ever seen a ball just whoop out of his hand like that ball just slick. It was like somebody had grease on it. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the weirdest plays we'll probably ever see from Mahomes. Uh, I don't know about easily that. Easily one of the worst it's decisions early. I've ever seen. Yeah, no, but that's, you know, again, you live by that and you die by that. And I, I would still take that nine times out of ten because I think that there's a lot of times that he's going to make that play um, that he then he doesn't, you know, the with, with that attitude. Not necessarily in that circumstance. Mm, that yes, yeah, like sick. the little, yeah. Running left, um, throws it back across to Kelsey right, out the yeah, right just, hand, out the side. Oh, there it goes. Your hand, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I, I'll take that. You know, again, and at the end of the day, the Chiefs, despite their turnover differential being one of the worst in the league, has, you know, they've main, they've stayed competitive in all these games. And that's I think that's an important thing to remember is normally when you see a team that's, you know, plus or I'm sorry, minus four or minus three or even minus two in the turnover differential, that's that's usually a, a three or four or five point game, like, you know, or score game. Like, th- that's how you get blown out in the NFL is you turn the ball over it says a lot to this about this team that they've been able to stay pretty close in these games while also turning the ball over with some freak situations. The, the chiefs do this thing where they make history in all the weirdest ways. (laughs) Um, I think I read that there's only been one team in history that has as many turnovers with as many points per game. And it was like the 2000 Rams, which by Mm -hmm. the way, greatest show on turf. turf, Yeah. Um, They are scoring basically anytime they don't stop themselves that is insanely true it's kind of crazy i mean mahomes had 428 total yards on the game like that's pretty that's nothing to to sneeze at legitimately even the first drive in the second half was a self-inflicted wound because it was a holding penalty on d-rob which eh, i'm not even really sure that that was (laughs) call but is what it is um but from that point forward, every time they touched the football, it went in the end zone. Yeah, it was a it was a great recovery from the uh, the offense after I don't know just yeah like you said shooting themselves in the foot and they just didn't look fully in sync. But you could definitely tell that against the team. I mean Washington's defense, you know they haven't played as well as you know the the hype around them this season. But um, to their credit, they didn't play terribly. It's just. They got decent pressure with their with their front four. Um, their corners had, you know, decent coverage, but overall it was just uh, they were outclassed for sure. Mahomes went scorched earth in the second half. Yeah, and if they woke up this fire breathing dragon that we talk about all the time, if they woke them up, um, I the defense can be twenty seventh in DVOA for the rest of the year, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, one note I want to talk about. Uh, a little interesting nugget that came out uh, news before the game, but Mike Rembers got the start at right tackle this game for the offense. And he uh, looked really good. Yeah, Lucas Yang. They said he was held back with a precautionary uh, hamstring. He was on the injury report. We talked about that, I think, on the last episode. But um, Mike Rembers came in, and you know, I'd said on Twitter that uh, this might be the best offensive line of the Chiefs that we see this season, just because nothing against Lucas Yang. He's played a really good. Um, so far for being a, a first-year guy 
Mike Remmers, I don't know. He played he played pretty solidly in that game, and it was his job to lose in training camp before he got injured. Um, and it unfortunately might kind of be his job to lose again after that performance. I don't disagree with you, and I was the one that was mildly to a slightly more apprehensive about Lucas not being the starter at that position. Um, but with what Rimmers has done in that role and what he did all last year at right tackle, um, by the way, if, if you don't remember, I know the Super Bowl haunts people, but if you go look at what he did last year as a right tackle, he was like the fourth or fifth highest graded right tackle in the league. So um, I don't know that Lucas gets this job back right away. He may have to take it from him again. And I, it's really hard to take a job like that when you're not playing. Yeah, in the middle of the season like that. I maybe I need to go back and watch. <laughs> um, I, I know I, I know definitely in the first half. I, I I had some other things going on in the second half of the game, um, but I know definitely in the first half, Mike Rimmers had his lunch ate a couple times. Now again, you're playing against you know Chase Young and Montez Sweat, who are yeah, who are athletic freaks. But there were some there were some plays that just, whew. and I'll remind you guys that Chase Young said Lucas Niang was the hardest you know offensive lineman he faced in college. That was a couple years yeah, ago, yeah. and then also there was a hip yeah. surgery in there. I, I, um, I'm just saying. I, I was curious to see what that matchup was going to be like just because that really was something that you heard a lot when, you know, um, when Lucas was joining the team and mm-hmm. during that like one week period of time when people were talking about Lucas maybe being the left tackle for Kansas City. That was fun. Um, Is that what we're calling that? Fun? <laughs> fun. Um, I, I'm pretty indifferent. My, I guess my biggest point with the Rimmers thing is I would rather keep Niang in there so that as much as nobody wants to see Rimmers be trotted out at left tackle, um, if you end up with an injury to that left tackle position, instead of having to reshuffle everything, you have a guy who can play both spots. And so, um, again, best best five on the field at all times. But I, I, I'm not convinced that there's a huge drop off or even yeah a noticeable different. And again, I'll, I'll go back and watch the second half a little bit more closely, but. Um, I think Lucas, like he's a young lineman and he's playing tackle. That's hard, um, but Mike is yeah. He he got he lost some battles, some pretty tough, some pretty big L's, and um, yeah. I, I would say to me, I'm I'm not too worried either way. But I I just think for the sake of continue, yeah, um, that consistency across the offensive line, it makes sense to keep Rimmers as that sixth offensive line swing tackle guy, but they don't pay me to make those decisions. And at the end of the day, you know, the coaches see them every day in practice and they know, but yeah, um, I could see your point to the continuity. Yeah. Thing. Continuity. I, it makes sense. That's the to, word. Yes. Yeah. I think it more comes both had it on a different time. Here's the thing though. And, and I may be wrong, but the main thing that I noticed different with Rimmers in the game is 15 looked more comfortable. I don't know. I'm not necessarily that's a Niang thing. I'm not telling you that that's a Rimmers thing. He looked like he felt more comfortable with the lineup they had than I'd seen him throughout the year. And I think it's just because, you know, Rimmers and Niang, they're kind of two different types of tackles. Um, Niang is more of a, a power guy, and he looks a little more awkward when he's winning battles and stuff like that. And, you know, there, we, we've seen from Niang, you know, obviously – last week he didn't have a really great week and we've seen him kind of lose you know lose but not lose the battles just we kind of you know obviously the the term dying slowly and all that but Mike Remmers I think just the kind of the style that he is he's more of like a 
he's kind of more of a Mitchell Schwartz type tackle where um, he's not necessarily a, a superb athlete of any type, but he's just he's got a lot of experience and he's really good at like the the fundamentals of playing right tackle. He's done it a lot, I think. So I just feel like the experience and you know that veteran presence on that line not only is going to help you know Pat and his comfortability, but also I mean. You know, I like the the Trey Smith and Yang combo, obviously, but having a, a veteran, you know, tackle like Remmers on your right side of of Trey Smith uh, is only going to help him out tremendously. Which, by the way, Trey Smith had another tremendous game, so that's uh, that's good to hear. We haven't even mentioned the best lineman on the game in the game yet. Oh yeah, the, the man. No, no, nope. the guy next to him, Joe Tooney, absolutely deep. The man with one hand. Lloyd that line with one arm. Go read uh, Nate Tice or not Nate? Was it Nate Tice? No, oh, God. Brandon Thorne Brandon did Thorne. a yeah. did yeah. his trench warfare Substack today over Tooney and how he handled a very difficult pass rush, especially interiorly from from Washington and those guys in there, and what he was able to do with one one hand. The man didn't miss a snap. Still hasn't missed a snap. It's impressive that you. Everybody was like, "Oh, I can't believe we paid a guard all that much money." That's why you pay those guys. Yeah. No. Overall, the offensive line. I'm super happy with how they look. Uh, like I, I said on Twitter today, actually, that I think I, I know Trey Smith away jersey is my next my next jersey purchase because that dude's balling and the whole offensive line is balling and it's all great right. to see. Maybe we all need to get offensive line jerseys and the next meetup we can. Heck well, yeah. I already have I already have my, my offensive line jersey, but the problem is he's not on the team anymore. Mm. I got that oh. big seven one. Yeah, I said I, f- I feel I feel obligated to to pick up a uh, a uh, Orlando Brown jersey. So yeah, well, I mean, I have that. I actually I have one of those too. Thank you. Shout out Corey, artist chief. Yeah. Um, I have an Ozone jersey as well. Um, so we've talked we've talked about the offense pretty well. The receivers had a. Uh-uh. a you uh-uh. want to talk about there receivers? Yeah, I do, because I've been sitting here listening for almost a year now of everybody slander a guy for no reason, and when he goes out and makes a play, nobody wants to talk about it. So yeah, Tyreek Hill is Oh, yeah, baller. let's talk about that. We already did. Three In three weeks now, he has successfully handed the ball to the other team three times. I love the guy. I love his playmaking. I love it, but he's got to catch the ball. Uh, McColl Hardman. Had another really good day, including absolutely burning a dude on the outside for a deep ball down a sideline. They still do his little packages. They still run his little jet sweeps and this and that. He's starting to get more comfortable running these routes. Now, we talked about Washington secondary not necessarily being fantastic. Okay, fine. Kendall Fuller is still a very good football player. There are... Some other guys on that defense, now, they're a little banged up. But Kendall Fuller's kind of the only one. <laughs> uh, Landon but, Collins, eh, it, yeah. it's not gone well since he left New York, let's put it that way. <laughs> it wasn't um, going well when he was in New York. It went a hell of a lot better while he was in New York than it has since he left. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> is what it is. D-Rob caught a deep ball on somebody, and I mean, when I say caught a deep ball, I mean he absolutely ran away from a guy and was wide open. So do with that what you will. Yeah. Um, McColl is continuing to produce consistent play at the wide receiver position. Give the man his credit. 
I'll definitely say that he's definitely he looks more comfortable as a, a receiver now. Like he's definitely more crisp in his routes, and also like something no sleep for me, but like he looks after the catch, like he's like not afraid anymore. I don't know. He, I, I wouldn't say he was necessarily afraid before, but he's just way more confident he's in himself. Nice yeah, exactly. He's way more confident in himself and in his ability to kind of just, you know, make those cuts, make the, you know, push through some guys, try to make a, you know, gain some extra yards and stuff like that. Like, he's really shown that he's a tough player these past couple of weeks. And I, they talked about that on the broadcast a lot, how Andy Reid, every single time he talks about me, Cole, he uses the word tough because, I mean, it really is true. And, like, he's also resilient. Like, he is, you know, he's had his, his fair share of, uh, you know, miscues and stuff, not only this season, but last season, but he really, to his credit, he has pushed through that and is really determined to be a solid receiver threat in this offense. Yep. All right. I had to get that out because I'm tired of everybody just completely ignoring the other wide receivers when they play well. I know Tyreek and Travis do what they're going to do, but we've got to pay attention to the other guys. Also, please, Andy, Josh Gordon, more Josh yeah, Gordon. And more Josh Gordon. I'd be, we'd be remiss not to talk about quickly here, Daryl Williams having his first career start. Um, did pretty well, got, uh, like 80 some yards total, uh, had pretty good day, two touchdowns. So, uh, I'll say this, I was very happy with the overall way he played. His numbers don't necessarily reflect it. Mm. Now that said, everybody heard that, right? He played really well, but his numbers don't necessarily reflect it. If Clyde played that exact same game with that exact same stat line, we'd be asking why he was a first round pick. Keep that in mind. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Yes, but Clyde was a first-round pick. Yes, but now you've got everybody wanting to replace Clyde with a guy who averaged less yards per carry and less yards per reception than he did in those games. Period. No, I'm sorry. Daryl played fantastic, but that yeah. doesn't change the stat line. My point is don't watch the damn box score. That's true. That the box score would definitely lie to you and say that Clyde. And my last back. point before I get out of here, because I have to because of engagements, uh, the defense threw a shutout in the second half. Yeah, that is true, but... Uh, we're going to take a little a little break here. Um, I know we don't usually pre- preface these ad breaks. You kind of just hear them randomly. You get an ad, and then all of a sudden uh, the conversation's back. But I'm going to tell you that there's an ad coming up right now. Uh, and then we're going to be back with some defensive conversation in the second half of this one. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. All right, so we are back here. Uh, Kyle has unfortunately left us, but we're going to cover the defense's performance because they didn't look too bad. Um... Overall, obviously the first half wasn't good for the whole team, but uh, they still held held 13 points, um, which lasted for the whole game actually. So that's uh, a plus for them. But uh, early on, we saw some some defensive miscues that we were kind of used to seeing this season. Uh, we had a couple frustrated Tyron Matthew uh, moments um, <laughs> that he uh, graciously talked about on Twitter 
afterwards. Uh, but Tom, the secondary, you know, they didn't look terrible in the in the second half. Obviously, they held them to zero points. But um, overall, what was your kind of impression for the defense? Well, first, now that wow, now that Kyle is. <laughs> I don't know why I almost called him. Yeah. I don't know where. I feel like that's just been the night. It's just all t- all kinds of tongue-tied. Uh, I would just like to add some Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Wow, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire slander. Yeah. At the, I know we're going back to the offense, but Kyle is a little defensive. And I just wanted to say the Chiefs 100% should have taken Jonathan Taylor. Anyways, moving on. Retweet. So, <laughs> um. I it was good to see the defense play a little more cohesive. It was good to see them not fall apart and have as many of those like mental miscues and and missed assignments. I know everyone's going to look at Juan Thornhill and and point to that as an improvement, but and, and maybe that is like that's good. I think we need to make sure we're tempering expectations here. This is not a good offense that the, that the defense played, right? No. And that's fine. It, that's some ways they did what they should have done. That is what you expect when you're playing a team like this. You're playing an undrafted quarterback, right? A journeyman kind of career backup yeah. quality quarterback. They um, they did a good job, you know, containing Antonio Gibson, who can be dangerous. They did a good job, you know, keeping Terry McLaurin pretty well in check. But they didn't have a whole lot else to, to worry about, right? They – so defensively, like – was there improvement? Yes. Was it good to see? Absolutely. Is that going to work as well against a team like the Buffalo Bills or the, you know, Baltimore Ravens, or even this week against the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. who have more weapons, who have more overall talent? It's good for the ego. It's good for the cohesion as a team. Like those elements are good, but especially with a follow-up game against the Titans, who are pretty hot right now. Um, you know, this defense. I hope that they got the memo, right? I hope that they have the confidence because Tennessee's coming and it's going to be a fight. And if they if they're not ready, they're going to get punched in the mouth, quite literally, by a monster of a running back. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it's the funny thing with with running backs, and Derrick Henry may just be the exception. You talk about, you know, guys wearing down, especially physical players like like Derrick Henry. Like you think, oh yeah, he'll slow down. He'll like eventually, you know, lose. The man is ab- He's Frankenstein. You know, like just it's it's insane i was watching him against the bills and just like i've not seen like i became a Chiefs fan because i loved watching how angry larry johnson was when he ran and derrick henry makes larry johnson look like jackie battle i mean like (laughs) derrick henry is a stud yeah He's going to be a handful for this defense next week. And then you've got two massive wide receivers and A.J. Brown and Julio uh, Julio Jones on the outside. Yeah. There I go again, mixing up names. Julio Brown. <laughs> yeah. Um, One of those days. I'm just going to embrace it. Yeah, we're just yeah. going to embrace it now. I'm just going to change everybody's name. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just going to be such a tough challenge for the defense, especially yeah. if Darvarius Ward isn't back. Jones and, and Brown on their own, you know, both those guys could, I mean, could be number one wide receivers – um, on half, on probably most of the league, no doubt. And um, I understand that Julio Jones has lost a step, but I mean, I don't even know if that's true. I think he just dealt with a lot of injuries in Atlanta. He's still pretty so good, honestly. Yeah. If yeah, so it's going to come down to a couple of things. One, you've got to stop Derrick Henry. Good luck. Do you want yeah. my advice? 
just managed to stop JD McKissick and Antonio Gordon and Gibson this you know this game so yeah slightly different slightly different yeah a bit, bit taller tag I think if you put those two running backs together you might get like a quarter of Derrick Henry yeah maybe maybe it's like trying to tackle Godzilla like <laughs> the man's thighs are bigger than me um He's, he's, yeah, I'm not, this isn't a Derrick Henry fan club, but man, Derrick he's Henry's a good. monster. Yeah. Um, so stop Derrick Henry. A couple years ago, Frank Clark made the, you know, his little comment. And that's what I, I'm kind of like, I told, we've talked about this before with Frank. Is he going to be here? Is he going to be the shark? Is he going to have that killer instinct? Or is he just going to continue to be the guy who's kind of like just wait, waiting out his days where, you know, his knowing his days are numbered. And it's, it's about attitude for this team. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things that we haven't talked about that I've been meaning to bring up is, you know, we've seen the the clips of like Honey Badger throwing his arms up. And there have just been, even with like on the offensive side of the ball, there have been times this season where this team looks defeated. And no that some of that magic where they felt like they could always, you know, box with anyone. Because it's, it's any given Sunday. We all know that. But some of that, it just, I, I wonder if some of that is waning. And I wonder if some of that is... You know, and that you that can lead to some internal strife, like where you're, you know, frustrated with each other. But it's I, a lot of the body language. I always watch the body language of players on the field. So it's going to be interesting if Derrick Henry gets going and they, you know, run down this this team's throat. Like, yeah. are they going to be able to keep their heads right? Um, um, it's yeah. frustrating, and that's going to come. Team, yeah, that's going to come a lot down to to Tyron Matthew, I think, because obviously he was very very vocal uh, this game, uh, and there's reports coming out that he was, you know. See, you know, had to kind of separate himself. He was throwing his helmet. He was frustrated, obviously, because, um, you know, the team, they, they're just doing the same stuff that they had always been doing. And Ricky Seals-Jones was the second leading receiver for the the Washington football team. So it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely understandable that he would be uh, super frustrated with that. But, you know, he talked about it a lot you know, after the game that it's just about the mentality and that you have to keep, you know, someone has to keep yourself accountable and, ultimately like if you don't have confidence yourself and your teammates like you're not going to be able to make those plays so i think you know tyron matthew is a huge benefit for this defense not only on the field but just the mentality and keeping mm-hmm. everyone in check together really helped us close that up that uh, second half out and just make a cohesive kind of obviously not against a great offense but a cohesive game for the defense um ultimately it's just yeah, Derrick Henry is is a lot different than anything we saw from this game. I just I can hope that the defense just takes this feeling of of you know winning and having good drives and getting the three and outs mm-hmm. and stopping stopping them on longer drives or in the red zone. Like I hope they just keep that feeling and and that confidence level and and you know take that next week. Well, you have to you have to find a way to affect Ryan Tannehill if you're wanting to disrupt the offense. You've got to get them behind schedule and you've got to make him pass the ball. And you have, listen, Ryan Tannehill is, is an above average quarterback in this league. Yeah. But he's got flaws to his game. And if you give him time to sit back and just pass the ball, wait for those long route concepts to develop, if you give him time to get out of the pocket and run around, he's going to make you pay for it. No and, doubt. And we kind of saw that a little bit with Taylor Heineke this week. Yeah. Um, you just, you have to get to him. You yeah. have to find a way, whether and, it's Frank Clark or Mike Dana or Chris Jones. I, I haven't seen, I've not had a chance to see any of the current practice, you know, updates yeah. or anything like that. I don't even know if they're out yet, but you hope that you have Chris Jones back for this game and you hope that you have Frank, like this could be the first game where we have both those guys 
fully healthy, not fully healthy. Wood. Yeah, ideally, oh. um, and hopefully they'll be at full potential because um, I, it wasn't a terrible game from the D line, but we didn't, you know, we didn't have any sacks. We didn't get much pressure on Heineke. I, he was definitely disrupted in the pocket a little bit, but overall, you still haven't seen this defense at full go. Um, and Cass, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Dom- defensive line, if they can find somebody that they can add. Um, I was just about to talk about that. They need to, yeah. Yeah, so there have been reports, actually, some rumors in the in the rumor mill. Um, Whitney Merciless, uh, formerly of the Houston Texans, uh, was released slash is being released. I forget if I don't know if his release is official yet. The NFL teams do this weird thing where they announce someone's getting released to try to to garnish some trade interest for them. Um, but I think he was officially released, and there have been a lot of reports connecting him to Kansas City. Apparently the Chiefs uh, have reached out and are pretty interested in him. Um, I wanted to get your take on him because, to be honest, this is a guy who, you know, he's been in the league a couple years now, and he's never been in that top conversation or really in that that conversation of all as, like, good or elite-tier edge rushers. Um, and, you know, there have been some numbers from him coming out this season that he already has three sacks and only, like, 52% of, his, of the Texans' playing time or something like that. Uh, I'm not completely sold on the whole Whitney Merciless train. I'm curious on your thoughts. Um, I mean, it's kind of that, well, what what's the worst that could happen? Because is he going to play worse than some of the other guys on the roster? I, you know, Mike Dana has done well. I agree with you. There was a time when Whitney Merciless was, was a, a solid player in the NFL, right? He was a good quality starter, but he's gotten a little bit older. And he's, yeah, his his pressure numbers, all that stuff aren't, aren't what you want. Um, and it's complicated for the chiefs because you, you don't have a lot of cap room to work with. You don't have, um, you don't want to give up a lot of assets. You don't want it. There's just, it's, it's a small window of opportunity. And so maybe it works out with Whitney merciless. Maybe you just need another body. I know Nick Jacobs was tweeting about the Steelers hadn't, uh, announced any protections on their practice squad players. And so mm-hmm. taco Charlton could be a guy who we could see come back. We could see, um, we could see something. <laughs> I just intrigued me I, a little bit there. Taco. I'd, yeah. I'd much rather see Taco back personally, but yeah, I think, ta- yeah, for sure. I think Taco's younger and has a little more juice to him, but at some point, again, you have to, with as much as you've invested in that position, you have to really hold, hold the guys that aren't doing it um, or aren't getting the job done like accountable. Yeah. And, and I will say, you know, Whitney Merciless, if we were to bring him in, he kind of just be replacing the the bottom three defensive ends on the roster, like kind of replacing their production, which would be, who's that, Okafor, you got Damone Harris, and then, I don't even, probably just those two really are. are Yeah, the the less snaps that Okafor sees, the better for all of us. That's really the the main point here, is that, I mean, Okafor, Mm -hmm. I don't want to bag on the guy too much, but I have not liked his play this season thus far. I didn't really like it last season either. I wasn't too mm-hmm. thrilled on him being re-signed uh and so far he hasn't really shown much of anything on the field so if Whitney Merciless can come in and take some snaps away from him and at least just mm-hmm. you know show some more juice and life to the defense I'm I'm all for it because you know we've and we've talked about it a lot uh this season already but you know we, we talk about all these veteran leaders uh, who you know have been in the system for these multiple years you know Dan Sorensen Anthony Hitchens Alex Okafor and like they're just not performing mm-hmm. like they should be in those in the positions that they are as veterans in the system so yeah and there are some other guys that um just names that have been floated around like around the deadline 
Um, one that's kind of intriguing, and again, I don't know how this would work out money-wise, but just throwing names out there. He's And again, talk about fit, but Derek Barnett, younger guy from the Eagles, um, you know, there's some whispers that he could be available. Um, there's, um, you know, Trey Flowers from Detroit. That's that's mm-hmm. a massive contract. I don't think that'll happen. Um, there's, yeah, there, there's some guys out there that you you might be able to, to, to make work. But, you know, at this point, you – yeah, I, like I've, I've said plenty of times, just prepare to see this whole defense re, really retooled um, in the offseason. And I think as we get closer, or just further in the season, one of the conversations we need to probably have, especially with some of Honey Badger's recent comments, is what if they let him walk? Ah, don't and, th- don't talk about I, that, Tom. Don't. Say I'm just things. saying, I, there's you know his comments, and you know if the, like the the deal may still get done, and and I think we're ho- all hopeful that it does, but. We may it, we may see a complete blow up of the defense, and you know a year ago, if I was saying, oh, you know, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz won't be here, we'd probably feel the same way. Yeah, about the idea true. of Honey Badger being gone. Yeah, I will but, say, you know, I did tweet out during the game, and with all the reports of his frustrations and all the comments that he has been making, uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if he did leave next season, and I would a thousand percent understand if he did. Um, mm-hmm. But also. I don't know. I just a I don't want him to leave as a fan, obviously, because he's just a really good player. But I think that he is kind of I don't know. I think all this this uh, smoke around him being mad and and being disgruntled and all this. I think it's just exactly what that is smoke. And I don't know. I think he still has a love for the team personally. I think he still loves his guys on there and loves the coaching staff and everything like that. Uh, so I, in my opinion, and I just, you know, I don't know anything. I'm just a, a fan from a fan's perspective. I still think that a deal gets done uh, in the off season for sure. Just cause yeah, I don't know. I'm, I just, I'm I don't not see him leaving. saying I don't want honey badge around. I'm just saying that might be, yeah, you know, it's definitely it a just, realistic it outcome now than it has before. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it definitely does look a lot different now than it might have looked even at the beginning of the season for, for that deal. But I don't know. It's uh it's interesting. Uh, one guy I want to talk about who had the interception of the game, uh, Tershawn Wharton at the end there, uh, had probably one of the craziest interceptions you'll ever see of a D lineman. Uh, mm-hmm. Just stuck his mid, mid up there, yeah. like grabbed the ball and then just pinned it to the offensive lineman's helmet to to kind of secure mm-hmm. that. That was a great play by Turk. Um, and we saw a lot of great production actually from a couple young guys. Uh, Mike Dana had a good, a few good plays. The Jerry Sneed had a really good day. He was flying around. Um, and we talked about, uh, you know, Brett Veach and, and kind of his drafting last week with Lucas. And um, ultimately like from, from what I, we were, from what we're kind of seeing from some of these young guys uh, on the defensive side, like, uh, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, hope and potential mm-hmm. there. And, you know, I think the conversations about Brett Veach are definitely going to be silenced a little bit, uh, and especially if we can uh, pull out a W against Tennessee next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's, yeah, that would be a big that would be a big statement for the defense to be able to hang with such a gritty team um, yeah. as, as Tennessee. But temper our expectations, boys. Yeah, definitely got to temper them. It's a long season. Yeah, everyone listening, boy, girl, whoever you are, Eric Berry. Yeah. Guys, gals, non, non-binary pals, all of yeah. you. So that is all we have for you for this episode. You might be wondering to yourself, why does Garrett sound slightly different right now? And also, where is Tom? 
Well, my power went out at the end of this recording, so uh, our intro, or our outro, I guess, uh, got cut off. So um, I did want to just bring up quickly that this is our 50th episode. Um, big shout out and a big thanks to everyone listening and watching. Um, we had one episode on YouTube, two episodes on YouTube, actually. I think our OG episode might also be on YouTube. That might be a deep dive, but... Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning in, following along. Uh, it really means a lot to us. We really love your guys' support. We're going to keep on making killer content for you guys throughout the rest of the season, as you already know. Also, be sure to get in in our Caitlin Snelling giveaway on our Twitter, at KingdomSaysPod. Um, go over there, follow and retweet that tweet. Follow Caitlin. She's an amazing artist uh, who gave us some awesome Chiefs prints to give away. So that's awesome. Uh, so go over to our Twitter, like I said, at Kingdom Says Pod. You can also follow us at Kingdom Says Pod on Twitter and Fate, or not Twitter. I already said Twitter, but yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, but Facebook, Instagram, all that. Um, we're gonna put out some good content. We're putting out our Kingdom Building series with Arrowhead Tom, uh, previewing college football prospects for next year. Uh, always good to to look ahead to the future and. Uh, Tom's really been killing it with those reports. So be sure to check that out. Check all our content out. And we will be talking to you guys later this week with our Tennessee Titans preview. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.